If you've turned in, you know this is Rewind the Movies. This week we revisit Uncle Buck, the 1989 American comedy film written and directed by John Hughes. Starring John Candy and Amy Madigan, the film tells the story of a bachelor and all-round slob named Uncle Buck, who babysits his brother's rebellious teenage daughter and her younger brother and sister. As always, I'm joined by Prog and Evan, and we look back at yet another John Hughes film. But more importantly, a John Hughes and John Candy film. You'll find out very quickly, all three of us are massive John Candy fans, and growing up in the 80s, we adored his films. But does this film still stand the test of time? Do we still get the same thrill as we used to watching it in the 80s? Anyway, here are our thoughts. So this week's episode is um, Uncle Buck, Ev. Is it you a pick? I think so, yeah. Oh, no. No? Oh, GP. GP is well done, Prog. Um, For me, I didn't necessarily watch this growing up, so it'll be an interesting conversation. Don't get me wrong. I I watched it. I've seen it before, but it'd be good to get you a take on it. Prog, since it was yours, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I've got absolutely no idea when I watched it, first of all. But I do know that I've watched it a lot uh, through the years from, say, being a teenager to now. Um, And for me, my admiration and love for the film has only increased as I've got older. Strong words. I am... Again, we, we, we talk about this quite a lot, and I think it's all dependent on what you watched growing up but specifically what you had access to. Here we go. And I, I didn't have Uncle Buck on VHS. Oh. But I had The Great Outdoors. Awesome. Yeah. And for another John Candy film, and Dan and, and Aykroyd, of course, but um, that, that would have been my go-to John Candy film as a kid. I'd, um, I'd argue that's a better film than Uncle Buck, but anyway. Oh. No, it's each their own, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, 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 for me it would be, but um, that's not to say that this isn't a brilliant film. And I watched it oh, a couple of nights ago before we were recording this podcast, obviously. And um, yeah, it, it, it made me realize um, and remember how much of a good film it is. The um, um, John Candy in it is it, fabulous. You know, he, he's and. Um, we'll get into it in a little bit, but you know the the scenes with him and Macaulay Culkin, I I, I think are, are are fab, are absolutely brilliant. It's um, not it's not a, a very um, I wouldn't say it's a very deep film. There's not a lot going on with the plot. It's very simple, but uh, I think that's to its. I think that's a positive. But but to me, right? It's a typical eighties. Is it a drama? I don't know. What would you class this as? Well, it's a comedy. Comedy drama. Comedy yeah. drama, right? Um, but it's a typical John Hughes film. Mm. You know, we, we, we spoke about um, Breakfast Club. And what I'm getting to now is not necessarily the dialogue or anything. Just not a lot happens in the film. But the film keeps your attention. That, that, that's my belief with it anyway. Yeah. So, Ev, you know, what does it mean to you as regards to you know, where did you first watch it? Did you watch it grow, growing up? Yeah, I'd, I watched it growing up from, um, off the back of The Great Outdoors, funnily enough, cause, um, just because of John Candy. Um, you know, and there, there's 
you know the films like the great outdoors and the the tom the one he did with tom hanks called volunteers yeah and it's it's just because it's you know i love john candy basically and um and yeah, I think there's. It, I'll I'll get on get onto it later on. But the conversations that he, that he has with with people in the film, in particular the kids, they don't seem like scripted for a film. It's just basically like you know he's 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 having a conversation with conversation with with, with the kids. It's just like a normal thing, which I think is you know testament to how good an actor he is. Well, look, I. Can we go straight into our favourite aspects of the film? Because I'd like to jump in on what Ev's just said. And it it is John Candy, but it's the character of Uncle Buck. Because if you look at the, the way he interacts with the kids, he never talks down to them. He never treats them in a childish manner. Yes, he knows they're children, of course. But even when he... Because the main thrust of the film is his... Uh, you know, uh, war of words or sparring with uh, Tia Russell, his niece. But he's never condescending to her. He, in in a way that he he lets her almost speak first or act first, and then he responds to it, either in kind or, you know, just trying to give a bit of advice. And I think that's not just relatable, but it's almost like. That's how you would like to be. Yeah. And I think John Candy pulls it off in a way that, you know, it's it's warm and it's humorous as well. Uh, this, for me, um, because John Candy has a, has a huge amount of um, screen time in this film. And what I will say is it's probably his best acting film, I think. I, I, I'm going out on a limb here because I do love The Great Outdoors and I do love planes, trains and, and automobiles but because of that needing to, you know, because like you said not a lot happens in the film I, I think he's superb in it um, mm. and there's a, there's a few people that were linked to the role beforehand, right? So bear with me on this because it's more than a few people. Danny DeVito was originally um, but Danny DeVito seems to be cast or Originally, like considered for a lot of posters in the eighties or roles in the eighties. Yeah, he's a good comedy actor, wasn't he? So, Joe Pesci, right? right. <laughs> but he was busy doing Lethal Weapon too, right? John Travolta, mm, no, but he was busy doing um, Look Who's Talking. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but he was busy doing Turner and Hooch. And then Bill Murray, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, Michael Keaton, Tim, Tim Allen, and Dudley Moore. I've got one more name for you. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how true this is, but I read this somewhere. Tom Cruise. I, actually, yeah, I've got him on my list as well. That would have been... Car crash, I think that would have been. Yeah. I can't, yeah. That that long list, though, is... It, it... It's funny. Funny you mentioned that some of the people, some of the people on the list, they're all, they're all of the same scenes, like Saturday Night Live crew, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's Bill Murray, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, yeah. Michael Keaton, and Tim Allen, all known for their comedy acting at the very beginning of their sort of, yeah. um, of their sort of genre. Yeah. You know, and you know Tom Hanks as well. You know, by this point. Would he have done big? When is this? Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, he would have done big. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
yeah, I, I personally think, you know, I, I can't see anyone else in that role. No. Only because no, John Candy does it so well. Yeah. I mean, you. that's not to say you wouldn't have been a good film with some of those other actors, but this is this is a John Candy part for me. And it's my favourite John Candy film. I, I mean, you mentioned a few of the others, and I think I've mentioned before that he's possibly, along with maybe Tom Hanks, like the most likeable actor that mm. you can think of. And obviously that lends itself to whenever you're watching him in a film. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fair to say, I probably love the film because he's in it. Yeah, I, I get that. And I'll jump in on my point then, and that's him and Macaulay Culkin. Um, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, I think, is brilliant in it. And we've done Home Alone recently, and you know my love for that film, and my favourite aspect for that film was Macaulay Culkin because the amount of screen time he has and he, he holds the film together for me. Because it, it's it's funny, because he is him, he plays Miles. What's his younger sister called? Is she Maisie? Maisie. Maisie, yeah. Um, and, and funnily enough, I, I don't think she has the same level of part. Don't get me wrong, she's in the film and she has quite funny bits, but um, Macaulay Culkin, I think, again, holds his own in that. And the the scene with him and John Candy, and this is my favourite scene, so I'm jumping ahead slightly here. No way he's interrogating him. Are you married? Blah, blah. The pace of that scene is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's a great scene. It's brilliant. It doesn't last very long, but it's bang, bang, bang. Um, and um, John Candy really took Macaulay Culkin under his wings within the film and really helped him out. And in that scene... He held up, um, or he had like post-it notes or, or notes on his face. So while he was facing him, he he was able to read it as well and keep the pace. Wait, mm. what, what you mean when Macaulay Culkin's in the one shot off screen, John Candy's got the questions all over his face, yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But I, I think at one point you might see like a back of um, John Candy and the front of Macaulay Culkin, mm. but he's he has sort of like his notes on him. Yeah. So it's- was this before Home Alone or after Home Alone? Before. This is this is a reason. Now, this is one of the reasons why Home Alone was made. Why Macaulay Culkin was okay. Home Alone. Yeah. John Hughes wrote Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin in mind. Yeah. And then Chris oh, Columbus, um, although he liked Macaulay Culkin, he still went out and I think they, they saw something like a hundred different boys for the role of Kevin. Yeah. Um, and, and and went back to Macaulay Culkin anyway, but um, mm. yeah, it, it's it, you know John Hughes saw it, the, the the young Macaulay Culkin in this and thought you know we're onto something here. He definitely shows promise. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's brilliant. He's like an eight-year-old boy. Oh, he might be younger than that. And no, he, he's no, he's about eight year. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's well, like I said. I think he's really really good. Mm. Mm. Um, Ev. Um. Favorite aspect, I think, is um, gotta be John Candy for me. I think um, I can't say anything more, to be honest. I think it's uh, you'd be surprised if you pick anything else after this film, isn't it? <laughs> so, moving on to favorite scene, I've done mine. It's that interrogation scene, doesn't last very long, but it's bang and it, it yeah, I, I just think it's delivered very well. Um, Ev, start with you. What do you think? Um, 
I don't know. I, 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 can I have two? I can't pick between them. You can, can, I, can I, many I, as you want. I know, oh, can, I know one of them. Yeah. Um, go on, what do you think? Head teacher. Yes. Yeah, the, the was, yeah the first the first one is is just that when from from when he arrives at the school to when he's to when he leaves it's it's just genius in particular like like the music how they how they're doing um is a tone tone locks wild thing um well he, and then when he when he when he goes to the toilet and he has to bend down to actually use the <laughs> use the use the urinal um and then when he when you know yeah. when he's when he's waiting in the waiting room and he's like, "Oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll I'll ease, you know, I'll I'll ease up for you. I'll ease ease her in for you. You know, it'll be all right. Let me have a word to the to the kid and the, and then he and then he calls himself melanoma and just all the all the all the wart references because he because obviously the head teacher's got a wart on her face. Yeah. And then and then the fact he just threat he just threatens her. Right at the end, um, not just for, not just because of because of Maisie's niece for any other kid in the school. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant. I, but I, I love the kid's reaction outside as well when he's hearing it all. Yeah, it's just like oh, ooh. yeah. yeah. Um, no, and the the second one. Sorry, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on here. Is the the end? The, the, I say the the end scene, but but specifically from. From when he's go, from when he goes out in the car to try and find the try and find the party, to when he's driving back home with um with Tia in the car, I think all of that, you know, it's got it's got it's got mixtures mixtures of you know the the comedic elements where where he's got he's got his hat on and the the other driver said, oh, I wouldn't go in that party with that hat, they'll kill you, and you know, he's um. you know, he he goes in with the with the drill in the in the room and um. Uh, you know, drags, but it's a bug. Right, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, and then just the just just sort of like the the conversation that he that he has with Tia in terms of you know he's he's fine he's realizing that you know he should have got his life together rather than you know uh, sort of moaning moaning at her. Um, and then sorry, I'm going on. Um, finally, when they've w- when they pull bug out bug out of the car, he's nicey nicey to him, but you know for a fact that there's a, that you know that there's a, there's an edge to it, and it's and it's almost it's it's like a a, a parent with it with his child. I mean, I've got I've got two girls, and I, I just as you know, it's almost what I'd like to be with 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 with, with, with like you know see, see if they you know if they bring back boys or girls or or or, or whatever you know. I'd, I'd just like to eat. I'd just like to, you know, be like John Candy and say, "Oh, I've got, I've got a hatchet in my car." You know, <laughs> I wouldn't kill; it's just maim. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's it. That's me. Going what you were saying, though, Ev, right? It is a, um, and this is one of your, your early points. For me, it's a typical sort of John Hughes film where they have like a cutaway scene. Nothing is said in it, but it, it has, it has music playing and something comedic happens. And it yeah. may be a scene that only lasts five to ten seconds, but it's uh, it's typical of that that type of film, and it probably happens quite a bit in um, Great Outdoors, if if I'm honest. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not you know they're, they're all good scenes, but the school scene is brilliant. Do you think the school scene was the inspiration for Austin Powers? Is it number three? 
where yeah. he has the assistant with the mole, and he goes, "Moly, moly, moly, moly," <laughs> and he's poking him with a poking the mole with a stick, isn't he? <laughs> I, I'm not going to pick a scene. I'm going to pick an image. Yeah, and it's the very last image of the film where Buck is getting in his car to drive off to Chicago and it freeze frames on him waving a tear and the song Rhythm of Life by Hugh Harris comes in. All right. And the reason I'm picking it is because it actually makes me feel very sad when I watch it because obviously John Candy's not along, he's not around anymore and he wasn't, he hasn't been around for years. And it always just makes me think of the what films would he have done? If he yeah. stayed around, and you've just watched this like really heartwarming comedy f- family film with him in, and knowing that he passed away not long after it, yeah, it always it always gets to me. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm the same. He's the one actor that you know people often talk about. Oh, you know, we lost him too early, and blah blah blah. And I, and I, I often think, oh well, you know, it's just someone's time. But John Candy is is one of the actors I just long to see him in something else. Mm, yeah, mm. you know, it, it, imagine you know seeing him in something I don't know later nineties. Whether it is, the comedy would have changed and whether he would have changed with it, I don't know. But yeah, he, um, yeah, I don't know. He, he, he's definitely one of those actors I think that went out on a, you know with not many bad films underneath his his belt. Let's put it that way. But I don't think we saw enough of him. No, no, I don't hmm. think so either. And yeah. I think he's a better actor than he's remembered for being. Because he has done some serious roles. And I would like to have seen what he would have gone on to do. Because I think he would have gone into dramas, perhaps. You know, he probably would have stayed in comedy for the most part. But I think he would have done some dramas. And I think he would have done all right. It's just, he's got such a, a warmth to him. It's, you can't. I I I'd be stunned if anyone said that they didn't like John Candy. Yeah, it's it, it's it's funny that you mentioned the music because I think that like the 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 music choices in like from John Hughes films I think are are really good and it matches the time that and you know the 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 time of time of life that the films sort of live in and and the, this this film and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in particular have. Belt and music, in particular, end music. So obviously you got you you got this song, but you got Paul Young in um, uh, Plain Series and Automobiles, which I think both songs suit both end credits brilliantly. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone knows the most famous, which is "Don't You Forget About Me" for Breakfast yeah. Club. But yeah. that that's a given. We're talking about yeah. the not so spoken about. Mm. Um, John Hughes loves a coming of age film, doesn't he? And I, although this isn't necessarily a coming of age film, there is an element of coming coming think, of age with Tia. Yeah, but you could argue it's a coming of age film for for Buck as well, because it, because like you know, it's it, all through his life he he says that he, you know he's he's sort of strung Shanice along and he hasn't gone to work and all that lot, and he just made, sure, you, you know. are right. It is it is it has those scenes running through it. It's just seen. Yeah. It's just different perspective because it's seen through the eyes of Buck. Hmm. Touching on the music aspect, I want to point out one more film. She's having a baby. It's got Kate Bush's "This Woman's Work" 
the, that song was written specifically for that film. And everyone will know the song because it's been used on the uh, child abuse adverts in the and, UK. Um, John Candy's in that as well, isn't he? Is he in that yeah. film as well? I don't know what sort of part he has, but I had a fact of like, so he's done the following John Hughes films. John Hughes films, get my words out. The Great Outdoors, She's Having a Baby, Home Alone, um, National Lampoon's Vacation, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, and Career Opportunities. Admittedly, I haven't seen a, a few of them. In the, in the film, he's, he's, it's a cameo. Ah, is it a cameo of him? No, he's playing Chet Ripley. <laughs> is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? We, we, yeah, need Matthew, to see, we need to see Matthew this. Matthew Broderick's in there as Ferris Bueller as well. <laughs> what? Oh, so... these, are, these are cameos in the film. Yeah. So the one point I wanted to say, and it's mentioned about him sort of putting off getting married, having kids and things. If you didn't know his age, and maybe you didn't pick up on this bit, but like I looked at John Candy, and I thought, and his other half, Shanice, is that her name? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, they're really old. You know, they're probably too old to have kids. And then at some point, John Candy says that, or one of them says that they're 40 years old. And I was thinking, that's a year older than me. And I, I was just thinking, they look really old. I'm, do I look that old? <laughs> no, it's different, it's different now, isn't it? I mean, hygiene and... Diet are completely different to what they were back then. Let's be honest. I think, despite how much we, how much fondness we have for John Candy, we can all we can all say hand on heart that he didn't look after himself, did he? Well, in my mind, John Candy was the same age for about twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the same age. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was only forty-three when he died, John Candy. Was he really? Jesus. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, when they said that, you know, he's forty years old. I was like, "What? He's my age? No way!" And he's wearing a hat like that, though. He, maybe he was like he, the the character of the book was like hipster before his time. Well, <laughs> or maybe he just didn't care. What would you change about the film, Ev? I can't say I'd change anything to be honest. Um, oh yeah, um, maybe the Marcy, the woman across the road, is a bit oh, annoying. She's so annoying. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's, uh, that's the point of that. I know, yeah. I, I, I know it's like this the stereotypical sort of, you know, bored, lonely, how lonely housewife. Or is she? Is she? Is she? Is she a divorcee? I don't know, but she's got one of the best lines in the film when that kicks her out, and she's yeah. okay. I'll go home and wait for the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> but her dancing's terrible as well. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's shocking. I mean, like you know, you can see that he's, that she's trying to seduce him in her own, you know, unique way, yeah. but just like you know, bashing his leg. I mean, like you know, come on. She's mentioned earlier in the film, isn't she, that they could have the kids could have stayed with her, or she could have looked after the kids. Yeah. And the mum went, "No, we're not doing that." No. <laughs> um, moving on to my change, I would, I really dislike the parents. The mum and the dad, specifically the mum, right? The, the dad, yeah. not so much because you don't see that much of him. But how bad are those parents? They don't even know how to speak to their kids. And I know that's that's part of the story. Just but wait, I, it's coming for you. Oh, I hope not, because um, 
that the mum I think is horrendous like, as a mum. And you know, not saying anything about the actor, actress, yeah. anything. I, I don't think that they're not given a lot of time though to develop a character in that. That that was going to be one of my things that I would have changed. But you know, in terms of pacing for the film, how much extra could you put in? Well, and and that's it. But yeah, I I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. And also, all right, why did the mum and the dad need to go? That was my change. That's my change. I, I don't I, understand it. I would have changed the circumstances a little bit on how they're left with a with Buck. Because the father and the mother don't both need to go. If one of your parents is ill, fine. But you go on your own if you've got kids. Yeah. Or you take kids with you. They said they can't pull them out of school, but... First of all, right, because I hadn't seen the film for a while, the mum comes back towards the end of the film, um, and I thought, oh, maybe the mum went to wherever and the dad was away with business on a separate trip and then the dad appears. And I thought, oh, no, that, it is the case that both of them go. Mm. But, like, I'm okay. We haven't got a film if only one of them goes. I get yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm exactly of the same mindset as Prague. Is you know, why, why did both of them go? And, and also... And maybe it's because it's a bit of a cliche and it's a bit of an 80s film. The typical 80s reconciliation between the mum and Tia at the end. It's just Tia is an absolute bitch throughout the film and is a bitch to the mum at the beginning. And maybe that's because the mum is the way she is. Um, And then all of a sudden, it's exactly like Home Alone. It's that reconciliation at the end and everything is okay and everything is forgotten. So, you know, Home Alone, Kevin sees his mum, they run across the hallway, never mind the fact she's left him alone for, like, four days. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I don't mind the reconciliation so much, but uh, the, the premise of of how the, the kids are left with Buck is yeah. a little bit far-fetched, but... It's need, you, need, you need it to happen, otherwise you're not going to have the film, and I would rather have the film. Yeah. yeah, and a very similar point to me is Tia. She's an absolute bitch throughout the film, and in a, if I had my real world head on, I would be like, I would want to change that character. But the character and the change that she mm. goes through is needed for the film. So I, I you know, I totally get that as well. Yeah. I, I would have, I would have, I would maybe have added a few details <laughs> about how. And when she's starting to change, I think the change may be a little bit too dramatic. Just because Bug goes off with another girl, she she suddenly is like this other person. Mm. I I for me the leap isn't too far because I get the Buck is sort of like wearing her down as the film's going on. He's trying to make her see sense, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit from Tia that it's having an effect, as it were. Yeah, no, I, and it's not until you say that, that I, I, that's a really good point. I, if you saw her just being, yeah, sort of chipped away at, it's... Um... Yeah. He, he, Buck is doing the chipping away. What you don't see from Tia's part, though, is, and this is just the character now, because I think, Jean Louisa Kelly, the girl who plays her, I think she's very good as Tia. Yeah. But in terms of the character of Tia, you don't like maybe 
like when Buck says something to her and Buck leaves her and she just has this like look on her face, like the camera lingers on her a little bit to make it seem like, oh, maybe she's taking that on board or maybe she's thinking about something. It doesn't really do that. But then in the in respect to the film as a comedy, can you have too much of that? Because it's very well paced. Yeah, I, th- I think one thing I've just I've just thought of as, a, as another change is that the the dynamic between the parents and Buck himself, himself that there's a there's a scene where he's looking through the wedding album and obviously he realizes that they folded the picture over so so as not to not to show him but at, but at the end of the film there's no gratitude from the parents about you know oh thanks for, thanks for looking after the kids and you know I'd, you know I'll, I'll, and there's no there's no dialogue bet- between um between sort of the three of them as to you know try and reconcile their relationship either mm. that's that's glossed over slightly which i can see why they did it because obviously it's the the main relationship dynamic is him with his niece but yeah you know. why are we talking about Tia? um Winona Ryder was first choice for that role really because john mm. Hughes had seen that in uh, beetlejuice um, the year yeah. before but she turned it down because she was doing heathers um, and then another interesting fact, uh, which is, I always love an interesting fact, as you know, um, the girl who was in My Girl with Macaulay Culkin. Can you remember her name? Anna something? Shlumsky. Yep. She's she's in this film. No. Is she? Yep. She's in this film. She has a non-speaking part. She is one of the girls in the classroom. I don't know what scene. Oh, oh. No, she's... When she's probably sitting in the classroom with uh, when they cut to Maisie being in the class when the t- when the head teacher's talking about her. Yeah, potentially. Um, again, internet fact, which found mm. out when researching this. Oh, okay. uh, and you know that I also love talking about um, um, sort of budgets and things like that. And I and I do love um, highlighting when a, a film which has a low budget and um, this has fifteen million dollars. And it re- um, returned seventy nine million dollars. Oh, bad! No, yeah, hell of a return. But John Hughes films used to do this, so didn't they? Yeah. You know, Breakfast Club was one million pound or one million dollars production. Uh, uh, you know, and it unbelievable return on that in the box office. Yeah. But um, the, the other fact then was, because John Hughes likes filming at the same school, doesn't he? He did Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller's, yeah. um, oh, Breakfast Club. They're all in the same place. Yeah. This was, again, in the same high school filmed. And majority of the set that you see, especially the the um, the house of the, that Buck stays in, was all filmed um, within the gymnasium of that school. So it was all built and filmed in there. Wow. Okay. But um yeah, typical of um John Hughes actually, isn't he? You know, bases yeah. a lot of his films in the same place. I oh, see I wouldn't have um I wouldn't have thought that this that the school was the same school because like if you look at the and at the out the outside of the school, it looks different than, than the Breakfast Club. I don't know whether they've they've had yeah. work done or whatever. Or, or maybe it was, you know, different different building, different element. Mm. Not you. Like, okay. um, I have to go back and have a look. It's a little bit like um, our fact from Gremlins and Back to the Future that, that was filmed on the same film yeah. lot. And I've seen so many pictures since we just spoke about that showing them 
and yeah, you see the main square in Gremlins, and I've seen pictures of it in Back to the Future as well. So, so final point then: Would you recommend the film? I'll go first. Yes, I would. I, I think you have to take it with a pinch of salt that it's a typical John Hughes film. It's a typical sort of 80s comedy drama. Not a lot happens, but it's an enjoyable film. And I think it's the type of film that will warm your heart and you will get something out of it. Yeah. You know, I've mentioned like, it already. The, the relationship between John Candy and Macaulay Culkin was a ma- major plus for me, but just John Candy full stop throughout the film. You know, his, his relationship with Tia. You know, we, we, we spoke about him chipping away, you know, and yeah, it, 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 it's brilliant. <clears throat> Guys, what would you what would you say? I completely agree with you. I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a yes from me. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's um, wrap up there then. Thanks for listening. Um, podcasts come out every Wednesday, so um, keep a lookout on whatever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on social media and. Yeah, look out for the next podcast whenever that may be, whatever Wednesday that may be on. I don't know. I make it up as I go along. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs>